better than getting your tongue waxed. We're the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. How's everybody Hooray. doing? Mm, but I like licking candles. <laughs> Yo, my uh, cat yesterday was licking wood. And I was like, really? You live dangerously, my boy. Wood? <laughs> <Little> pussy. <laughs> uh, good one. Yeah, well, cat tongues are like fucking... Yeah, he's probably standing. Like, <laughs> yeah, those that things fucking are Joe guy missed the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are finally back in Yelly's Pond. We wound up taking an episode to just kind of go on some field trips, world tour. We went to the Shackles. We met the Hurricane King. We went to Quantium. Kind of marveled at. How cool the name was. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Absalom and found out we're all doomed. Uh, less cool of a name, but thanks for the info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, finally made it back to uh, Yoli's Pond, where our genus has shaken things up a little bit, which is so not his style, and is uh, and volunteered to make dinner instead of marina <laughs> uh, everybody enjoy yeah uh used his new cauldron of plenty to conjure up a big old feast for everybody it's just uh, this outdoor uh kind of last second fiesta that everyone's having uh marina had some, like some neighbors and friends over share some of the food uh we ended last session with her having a little sidebar with our genus, and she seems she uh, seems to have some horrible dark secret that she uh, is finally ready to tell our genus about. It's apparently been eating at her ever since you guys first uh, stayed started staying with her. And only our genus, huh? That's uh, suspicious. Only because our genus is such a suspicious character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh part of the phrasma for you're always suspicious <laughs> or genus i'm ashamed to admit this but i am actually a horrible cook all of your dinners have been ordered out <laughs> are you shitting me right now it's all takeout i am terrible at cooking <laughs> our genus like mouth is a gape right now uh <laughs> What? What? <laughs> to be honest, it's been getting kind of expensive to continue to feed you all. So I was especially happy that you uh, brought a, a magical cauldron that can take some of the strain off of my my coffers. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh yes, of course. Um, uh, here's a hundred uh, gold pieces uh, for 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 our troubles. Oh. No, 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 Bad news after bad news, and you know, uh, make me understand everybody here. Uh, <laughs> uh, why don't you just uh, take a uh, hundred gold pieces, and uh, uh, honestly, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll call it even. 
Uh, well, I suppose if you insist, Arginus. Uh, I mean, really, the, the, the bad news was hard for me to give, but it was bad news concerning you, so I feel like I should be giving you a hundred gold. No. <laughs> You're the one who had to give it, so... Alright, well, if there's a profession in giving bad news, I guess I'm more than qualified. Well, uh... Don't, uh, don't, don't tell anybody here, but, uh, all this food is, uh, magical, so, uh, I have no idea what I'm doing either. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I gathered that from, from the cauldron that you were using, but, uh, I, you have not been touting your, uh, amazing home-cooked meals for the last week and a half. <laughs> I just imagine, Marina, like... She's like constantly worried about when we're gonna just jump into her kitchen, like, and just see the <laughs> delivery guy. Like, mm -hmm. what is this? <laughs> I caught you, you bitch! Giving us free, delicious food. Yeah, uh, your your secrets uh, safe with me. <laughs> uh, I promise I won't. Uh, uh, I won't let the others know. Uh, oh, you, thank you, Argina. You seem to have uh, Uhtred under uh, in, in the palm of your hand, so uh, uh, I won't ruin that for you. Yes, I, Uhtred especially has taken to uh, what he believes to be my cooking. I, w I would be very upset for him to, to learn that I've been lying to him this whole time. All right, so, uh, yeah, you guys kind of fiesta yourselves to... Uh, to bedtime unless we have any other uh any role plays or actions of note that anybody wants to go over nope uh probably do some more note reading after we eat all right and valbar mostly just stands there making everyone uncomfortable one by one <laughs> our genius is just taken in the moment he's like really just happy with everything right now like just the little things really yeah, I mean, like, with with all the shit that you guys deal with on a regular basis, and like your stay in Yoli's pond has been pretty breezy. Um, but you know that said, I think this past day has been like particularly nice for you guys. You got several changes of scenery, and yeah, ended it with a nice little, nice little fiesta. Fiesta, siesta. So, yeah. It's, Kind of, kind of like a, a great, a great day. All uh, thanks to our genus, actually. Yeah, it kind, kind of, of was. We should call this our genus that. day. Make it a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> our genus's holiday. And no matter what the calendar date is, the holiday should be on Ferris the Fourth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ferris the the month named after Phrasma. Oh is. yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, also, just sidebar, Nick. Uh, is there anything in particular you're hoping to glean from Tealblith's notes, or are you mostly just kind of doing this for flavor's sake? Uh, yeah, I want to know the answers to the world. Okay. <laughs> flavor's sake it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like it to be more substance than flavor. All right, well. I mean, he, he was around at the fall of Aridin. I would be particularly keen... In that area. I mean, I'm not sure how many of those notes he would have on him. 
Like, oh, I thought this was like his like his literal life's notes. No, he didn't have like his memoirs on him, just like the stuff he had been writing down since basically since he came back from the boneyard. Yeah. They're useless. I almost don't even want to make sure they get to where they need to have to go. Ooh. <laughs> what a 180. Especially since <laughs> like in the margins too, it's probably just like like, yeah, and this guy named Uhtred, like, he's got a yeah. stupid face. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Uhtred's the one guy he really show. had, like, the begrudging respect for. And, like, most of the most of the complaints would be about our genus. <laughs> but they were lovely complaints. <laughs> so what you're saying is our genus was always on his mind. You're running through mine all day, baby. Living rent-free. All right. If, if that's the case, I was thinking it was like... Your notes, like your master edition, make sure I'm immortalized because this gets to somewhere where it's appreciated. If that's how as case- soon as as soon as Uhtred realizes this doesn't benefit me, this man's dying wish is now invalid. <laughs> He's kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> On second thought, this guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> no, I think what U- having a better understanding of what they actually are, I think, because I was expecting this was going to take like days to read through this. Probably only take like a day or two. Um, I think what Uhtred will do is he'll pick off where Teoblith left off and start spending his time like updating him based on what's happened since Teoblith died. Okay. Kind of new author who does. Yeah. Kind of situation. Uh, I think I'm the only Wheel of Time fan here, but that's exactly what happened with that series the author died after oh. finishing book 11 and then the his his wife brought in his wife slash editor brought in a new author to write the last three books oh neat all right so who's ready to go to tumbaha mountain oh yeah not right the second but mostly oh fuck yeah are we doing that today if you guys want to I want to rest first. Well, oh yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> I assumed you guys. We're gonna sneak finished. into their midnight <laughs> ding dong ditch. They'll never expect us to show up with five of our genus's highest spell level slots taken up. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I should make sure I'm fully uh, reset. Uh, but if we plan on going uh, the, the day after we rest. Um, Wayne Arginus uh, summons the or gets the pot going again. This time he does Heroes Feast. Nice. So uh, nobody is currently poisoned or diseased. I don't think. Uh, I don't think so. I think we got all that cleaned up. All right. So everybody who partakes gains 1d8 plus 5 temporary hit points. And you also get get a plus one morale bonus on attack rolls and will saves and a plus four morale bonus on saves versus poison and fear effects and these all all of these things last for 12 hours or for in the case of temporary hit points you know once they're used up so uh mariana comes and finds you guys as you're uh finishing up your hero's breakfast which i believe is called a grand slam here in america Uh, she says so I I don't want to make any assumptions uh, but 
considering that you are still here, uh, should I assume that you, at the very least, are going to help us get rid of that foul dragon in Tumbaha Mountain? That seems to be the plan. Good. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and we'll try to get it done in a day, so that way we don't waste this feast. <laughs> oh, well, if, uh, if that's the way it works out, then fine, but... You know, don't don't kill yourselves. Uh, I, I I don't want to give you the impression that I'm uh, rushing a decision out of you, but uh, have you given any thought to what I told you regarding your Kumaru traces? I think we're all pretty much in agreement, and we should look around to the other three. Flyest nods. We agree. We should have these flipped and use them against the Whispering Tyrant. She looks at you guys in, like, awe. Like, she is, like, taken aback with, like, genuine... She's, like, genuinely, like, impressed and uh, just kind of... Like, she did not expect you guys to say yes to that, especially not, like, by the next day. She says, well, I, I I, cannot tell you how proud of you I am that you are putting the rest of Golarion ahead of yourselves. And I, I know that I, I've done almost nothing but ramble about the Kumaru since you've arrived, but I still must say what a enormous boon you would be giving to Yolispan and Zopatl at large by allowing me to do this. We could possibly get our veins of creation back. Not that that is more important than stopping the Whispering Tyrant, but it, it really is like a fantasy to even assume that we would ever get this back. Well, there's still a huge dragon standing in our way, so... Yes. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. You're right. Uh, speaking of that dragon. Alright, so before Uhtred and the group went to the Blue Gardens of Tilil, he asked Mariana to find out what she could about Nessie. Because we have established that Nessie is a dragon, but in Pathfinder, that is often. Not enough information to go off of when you're getting ready to fight one. So, Mariana has honored Uhtred's request uh, to gather information. But, meanwhile, the city's been reeling from Umbarno's recent attacks, uh, forcing much of her attention to addressing citizen concerns, organizing cleanup crews, otherwise keeping the city's infrastructure intact. Um, especially the loss of the docks was a big hit to the city. And she's been reaching out to neighboring settlements for help in dealing with that, trying to get goods in and out of the city to try to keep the uh, commerce flowing. Uh, this all means that she's committed only a small amount of her time to seeking out and interviewing the survivors of Nessie's initial attack of Tumbaha Mountain. Many of the survivors made it out only because they didn't directly interact with Nessie, uh, fleeing at the sounds of his arrival or at the sight of others fleeing and joining them. 
Uh, this means that only a small number of citizens throughout all of Yolispan can be found with accurate accountings to glean any information from. So, even with her station and resources, uh, getting information about this has been a slow-going uh, process. I asked Nick to roll a D-percent between sessions to reflect uh, how much information she's gleaned. And it wasn't very high. It was like in the 30s, I believe. So here's the information that Mariana has gotten and has forwarded to you. Uh, one of the most obvious observations is Nessie's size. Iwinus reports vary in his exact height and length, but Mariana can conclude that Nessie is huge-sized. Uh, also, some witnesses can vividly remember the dazzling gold coloring of Nessie. So, with that information, uh, Marina is currently acting under the hypothesis that Nessie is some unusually evil gold dragon. Based on its size, it's likely anywhere in age from young adult to mature adult. Though, based on the fact that uh, the Golden Claws, which are like Yoli's Pond's elite guard force uh, that went to take care of Nessie shortly after he ran everybody out of Tumbaha Mountain. Uh, Golden Claws presumably all perished trying to take him down. Uh, she's inclined to believe he's more likely a mature adult, just knowing what they are capable of. That's everything that Marina has in terms of information for you guys. You are still free to do your own information gathering, and in fact, Marina's like pre-screening uh, is actually would actually you know speed the process up a little bit. You guys would get a plus four bonus on any diplomacy checks you made to gather information because uh, she kind of has like a list of like these were the people I was going to talk to next. This is where they live. Um, these are the people that I've reached out to, but they haven't responded. Or these people I've already talked to. This is what they said, et cetera, et cetera. We should sell that list to Nessie so she can finish the job. <laughs> You know, here's all the narcs. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you guys are free to go to Tumbaha Mountain, or you can do some information gathering first, do a little bit more preparation if you feel the need to. What, do you, what, uh, what are we going to do? I think gathering some more information would probably be a good idea. All right. I know this Heroes Feast buff is like, a tw- what, 12 hours? It's a 12-hour duration. Gathering information is a... It's like 1d4 hours, right? Something like that. I would uh, I would lower it to 1d3 uh, with the help that Mariana gave you. Yeah, that works. Because I know, generally speaking, once we go into a dungeon, at least the that seems to be the way it's gone in the Blue Gardens and in Gallowspire, we're never in the dungeon for more than an hour or two before we have to come back out to rest anyway. Yeah. So taking upwards of three hours to gather information seems worth it to me. All right. Well, anybody who wants to can give me diplomacy checks. God damn it. Holy shit, Matt. Why do you suck so much at diplomacy? (laughs) Time to outdo Matt again. What if I wanted to gather information on golden dragons? Oh, no. Well, gathering information is always diplomacy, but if you wanted to just make a knowledge arcana check to see what you know about golden dragons, you can do that. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that instead. So what do we got for diplomacy checks? 29. 25. 
Uh, 33. Okay. Um, I know Uhtred rolled Knowledge Arcana, but we're gonna sit on that for just a second. You guys take the full three hours to, uh, go around Yoli's Pond, finding various leads that Mariana had laid out, doing a couple follow-ups. So, while some witnesses can vividly remember the dazzling gold color of Nessie, uh, it doesn't take you long to get other witnesses who can vividly remember the chilling black coloring of Nessie, which seems like contradictory information, because dragons are usually one uniform color. Uh, they might have, you know, some like patterning to their scales a little bit, but for the most part, they're usually not, it's usually not so, such a di like diverse pattern that two different people could represent a dragon as being two different colors. Only a few survivors were close enough to witness Nessie's breath weapon and lucky enough to survive. These witnesses describe Nessie's breath weapon as a narrow jet of acid, still sitting on Uhtred's knowledge arcana check, but with his results, I'll just add that, you know, that a gold dragon's breath weapon is actually a cone of fire, uh, so that seems also contradictory. Uh, black dragons do have a narrow jet of acid for a breath weapon. Maybe instead of gold, some of these eyewitnesses actually saw a bronze dragon, which also has a narrow jet of acid, but bronze dragon is just as unlikely to uh, be going around slaughtering people as a gold dragon. Most accountings of Nessie's physical appearance rely on tragically brief glimpses, as many survivors spared only quick glances behind themselves as they fled, more focused on escaping than anything. Some survivors, though, got a good enough look at Nessie to confidently report that Nessie is a black dragon with strange golden plates fused into his underside. So the witnesses who said that they saw a gold dragon likely just saw him as he flew overhead, and they would have just seen the bright gold shimmering on, from these plates that are uh, fused into him. So we go back to Morena and ask for uh, gold plates of our own? They're not like dinner plates. <laughs> Trying to fight fire with fire here. And then you, you've gotten to pretty much everybody you wanted to talk to. There was one... One witness that Mariana noted was particularly particularly hard to get a hold of. This person seemed to like just not not want to talk to her about Nessie at all. Like just seemed like afraid to talk about Nessie. But with a 33, uh, you guys are able to uh, track this person down and even convince them to divulge what they know. Uh, so this person was a leyline engineer. Uh, working at Tumbaha Mountain, this person witnessed the most key bit of information about Nessie. Through sheer luck, dragons seemed to overlook them while they cowered behind some debris not ten feet away as Nessie gleefully finished off several injured guards and botanists. This leyline engineer happened to have uh, some magical sight active left over from some unrelated research into Baja Mountain. Uh, this magical site allowed them to watch the souls of the slain faculty get ripped from their bodies and sucked down Nessie's throat. Oh, wow. I thought this was going to be like a way to beat Nessie, but it's just more terror. Perfect. <sighs> yep. <sighs> That's 
Lovely. Mm-hmm. So with that, we're going to finally activate that knowledge check that Uhtred made. Uh, so Uhtred, you are positive that Nessie is a black dragon, or formerly a black dragon. Nessie now exists as a ravener, an undead dragon of immense power, almost like the the lich of dragons. Instead of uh, spells per day that most dragons have with the arcane magic that they possess, uh, raveners actually, uh, their, their magic kind of uh, doubles as this soul energy that... Uh, that fuels their undeath, and it, it acts as both a buffer to uh, to deflect uh, attacks and also to fuel their spells. So it's almost like a mana pool that they use to cast spells instead of using spell slots, but it also works as temporary hit points at the same time. Um, so with that, I'm going to have Uhtred... And anybody else who wants to can roll either knowledge or can or knowledge religion. Uhtred can ask two questions about an ancient black dragon ravener. Oh, God. That's ancient, huh? Yep. I'm guessing that's a level above mature. Well, it depends on the dragon. Because a an ancient black dragon is much weaker than an ancient gold dragon. Uh, so not all dragons are made the same. Uh, that said, an ancient black dragon is still nothing to uh, shake a stick at. Um, well, but an ancient black dragon would probably be higher up on the power scale than a mature black dragon, right? Absolutely, yes. Ancient, An ancient dragon is the only thing more powerful in terms of dragons go than an ancient dragon is a great worm dragon, as when they are at the peak of their powers. And the dragon that Tiablith was so kind to scout out for us, that was an adult dragon, right? Yes, I believe that was an adult umbral dragon. So ancient is two age categories above adult. I think so. There's a lot of uh, age categories. Just trying to get a grasp of like... Yeah. You know, there's not probably not a lot of ancient dragons running around. An adult dragon is typically one to two hundred years old. Uh, in terms of age categories, you then go to mature adult, and then old, and then very old, and then ancient. Uh, apologies, there's actually two age categories above that. There's worm and then great worm. Uh, an ancient dragon has been walking around anywhere from 800 to 1,000 years but this ancient dragon is undead, so he could very well be even older than that. Don't they get different things based on their age? Yeah, as they uh, as they get older, uh, they typically get uh, more uh, special abilities, higher level spell slots, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, all of your questions will like I'm not gonna make you have to guess like what abilities this dragon might have like i'll be like oh yeah you know that they can possibly have this but uh like this these questions are going to specifically be about an ancient black dragon ravener and what else we have for uh knowledge checks uh valbar got a 32 knowledge religion our genius got a 28 for arcane uh -uh. 
Our genus, unfortunately, did not roll high enough. What? To, uh... Can I do knowledge planes? No. 31 knowledge religion. A 31 and a 32 from Thalias and Valbar are both high enough to be able to ask one question. Okay. How do you kill a dragon of this sort? What's the... Stabby? Can I, are you can asking I melee a, this thing down? Are you asking about, like, DR? Or are you asking if, like, they have, like, a, a dragon equivalent phylactery? Yeah, like some equivalent that you have to destroy on top of just Good question. dealing damage. No, I wasn't even I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking I got a shovel and I want to make sure my shovel works. So it sounds like you're asking about what DR does it have. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Fair enough. Um You know that raveners get uh that a an ancient black dragon ravener has DR fifteen that can only be bypassed by good aligned weapons. Oh, uh, what the hell? Is my shovel good aligned? If you can get it to a plus four weapon, it would uh, bypass. Oh, I can only do that with Matt. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, you might not be able to do that without Tiablith. Dang. Oh, t- with Tiablith. Mm-hmm. He was the one that was oh, giving you Bane. Fuck, you're right. Jeez. Okay, okay. Oh, what else we got for questions? I'd like to know uh, what spell resistance it has. All right, uh... I believe we do that the same way we do hit points, so you want to throw a number at me? 35. Lower. All right, that leaves us with Uhtred, who's got two questions. Um, can, can I ask as directly as, like, I want to know what its breath weapon, like, how, how that works? Because, like, it's, like, dependent on what type of dragon, right? Their yeah. breath weapons do different things. Sure. Well, the, we, we did all, like, what people we talked to said that they used a a line of acid. Acid. Yeah. Well, I've got more. I've got more information about its breath weapon if you want it. Yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, like they usually do damage and like a they more than just hey you took a bunch of numbers. Uh, most breath weapons are just an energy type, and then you take a bunch of damage. Um, you know that an ancient black dragon raveners. Uh, acidic breath weapon deals 20d6 acid damage and in addition to that anyone caught in a ravener's breath weapon takes two negative levels oh that kind of sucks that's rough how do how do we stop that you don't you recuperate from it is there a save associated with it or is it just like dude you were in it normally there's it's like something called energy drain and if an attack has energy drain, there's no save. You just take it, and then the saving throw it lists is to make it a, like, is to get rid of it, like, the next day. Um, so that's my mistake. It's not energy drain, even though you are still taking negative levels. Um, so just like a normal breath weapon, you to make a reflex save to have the acid damage. A successful reflex save also halves the negative levels, and you'll only take one instead of two. Would my ring of evasion also apply to the negative levels? That is a decent question. Because essentially with the ring of evasion, it's like you're not even getting hit by it. Yeah, let me just see if it it specifies hit points. Make a successful reflex save against an attack that normally deals half damage on a successful save, instead take no damage. Uh... Yeah, it specifies damage, so you would still take the one negative level. That feels like damage. I know it'll feel like damage, but it's not. 
Alright, last question. Um, why don't you give me one more cool offensive ability? So most dragons have a frightful presence within a certain range. You need to make a will save or be shaken. Raveners also have this, uh, but a creature shaken by a raveners frightful presence uh, is actually cowering instead of shaken for the first round of the effect and shaken for the rest of the duration. Do we have any way of uh, getting some acid resistance? Uh, I could look for a wand of communal resist energy. That would probably be like the best bet. I think we should probably do that. Because if that thing's breath weaponing on us, like the negative levels are going to be devastating. But then to be throwing, you know, a bunch of acid damage on top of it, like... 20 D6 is... 70 average. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. With, like, make the save... And with, uh, you know, resist energy, at least if the resist energy is full, uh, that's honestly scrolls of resist energy might work better because it'll be a higher caster level. Why would a scroll be a higher caster level than a wand? Aren't scrolls, don't you cast them at your own level? No, sta- staves you do. Oh. Uh, and just for reference, the cowering condition leaves a character frozen in fear, and they can take no actions. A cowering character takes a minus two penalty to armor class, and they lose their dex bonus to AC, if any. So if you fail your save versus Nessie's frightful presence, uh, that's what you'll be doing for an entire round, and then you'll be shaken for the rest of the time that it would apply. Unless someone gets his healing hands on you and cures your shaken as a byproduct. That is true. I can offer I can offer a solution to this. Um, instead, if you want to um, do a page of spell knowledge and just do resist energy, that's ten minutes per level, and I don't have any like second level spell slots that I really use. Just cast that on each of us, and I just cast it on each of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, page of spell knowledge contains the knowledge of a single arcane or divine spell if the bearer is a spontaneous spellcaster and has that spell on their class spell list they may use their spell slots to cast that spell as if it were on one of her as if it were one of her spells known page of spell knowledge is priced based on the spells spell level a spell doesn't appear on either of those spell lists in which case it is based on the highest blah 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 yeah so You can basically buy a spell known for a spontaneous caster who can then just cast it at their caster level. Yeah, that's only 4,000 gold. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a good move. Works for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will say... uh, A second level spell? Yeah. uh, Yeah, I was just looking at the communal thing, and this is far better, honestly. Hours per level versus 10 minute intervals. I mean, it's 10 minutes per level. Oh, that is true. We I mean, it's 10 minutes per level either way. So, like, yeah. The second level version is going to be more. It's just going to be four castings instead of one third level casting for the communal. What do you guys think? Well, you're looking at two different resources. The upfront resource of gold, and then the overtime resource of Arginus' spell slots. 
depends on how valuable those second level slots are to you. You said you didn't have much that you're casting from that level at this point. No, I can actually go over that right now. I don't think I have much for third level either. Let me just double check that. Uh, yeah, I got fireball haste. Never mind. Um, yeah, second level right now is, I think my most precious thing is mirror images. So, and I have eight uh, second level spells. All right. Well, that sounds like a second level page of spell knowledge then. Yep. All right. So that'll cost four thousand plus twenty percent. 4,800. Sure, I'll put down 1,800 if... Or, actually, you know what? I'm just going to add it to my spell list. Fuck it. Um, yeah, I'll just buy it. Yeah, good spell to have. I will say my uh, <laughs> my savings account is uh, dipping a little bit. I had 35. Oh, you guys just had a shopping spree, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. It means that you got a bunch of useful stuff. All right, so... Mariana could have given you guys some more information about Tumbaha Mountain before you left, uh, including its location, approximately 30 miles northeast of Yoli's Pond. Uh, you guys already know about its building material, Empowered Gisette, which is a like mythically reinforced stone that's basically indestructible. Uh, you like you have to be a mythic creature in order to even damage it, and then it's still very hard to break. Hardness thirty five hundred hit points. Elias could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably could. If I focus up. The veins glow a bright crimson, illuminating the exterior and interior of Tumbaha Mountain with dim red light at all times. So you'll be able to see, but anybody without dark vision would still. Uh, have a 20% mischance against creatures in there unless you added a light source. And finally, uh, she would have told you that the saints who created Tumbaha Mountain incorporated a powerful, specialized forbiddance effect on the entirety of the structure to prevent magical ambushes and impede thieves. This means that you cannot teleport directly into or out of Tumbaha Mountain. Uh, Learn a new trick. <laughs> In addition to that, the Forbiddance effect is specifically keyed to evil creatures, uh, dealing 12d6 damage to any evil creatures who enter Tumbaha Mountain uh, with a will save to uh, negate, I believe. Well, that could have been really interesting. Right, with Teobleth? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well... Uh... Do, what is it, 30 miles, you said? Is that a teleport? Or uh, is someone going to... Are, are we hoofing that? Oh, I'll teleport the entire thing. Oh, wait. You know what? Actually, somebody else used their teleport. Nah, I'm not going to waste a spell slot on 30 miles. I'll fucking get my steed out. So we're just going to waste this uh, hero's feast? <laughs> I've got a regular teleport. Does that do it? Just don't pull a Teoblith and send it somewhere else. All right, I uh, teleport us. Uh, give me a deep percent roll. Okay, what? Ninety-three. Oh is no! That, like two off. <laughs> Who's better than me? Wait, ninety-three is good, right? <laughs> you want you want low <laughs> in numbers. In teleport, you want low numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Remember, Teoblith rolled like that. a ninety-eight, sent us to the wrong place. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, that's familiar. So a ninety-three. 
will bring you to a similar area. Should have just fucking huffed it. All right, you want to blow another one of those spell slots, or you want me to take real, it? Real, real strong start. My goal wasn't... What do you mean another one of those spell slots? I got us to the mountain. No, you didn't. Or no. a place like it. <laughs> Does it have to, to be that exact a mountain? mountain? Yeah, you got us to a mountain. <laughs> there's, probably a, there's probably a Kumaru tree in every one of these pyramids. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to go again, then? It seems like Tom could get us there in one go, but I'm willing to keep trying. Tom could. It's just I, I'd be expending a seventh level spell slot for it. All right, here we go. We go again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <Are> you- <laughs> 94. <laughs> Guys, let's just take this as a sign. We'll, we'll do this. We'll get back to Yoli's Pond. We'll do this. We'll go there tomorrow. Rest up. Guys, we we have the Heroes Feast. That's the only problem is like, I'm just going to use my seventh level spell slot. No, I think if I do it one more time, no. I can get it. Do you use... All right, let me ask you. Do you use those spell slots? Uh, He only has I like mean, seven spell slots. So yeah, he uses... <laughs> all right, stop using them. Uh, I'll use my seventh level spell slot. I have five of them. It's okay. Say, I think you have more. But what seventh. about the two I just used? You have more seventh than he has fourth. <laughs> the fuck, Tom? God damn it! The problem is our genus pretty much only cast spells, whereas Thalias right. does other things too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our genus bippity boppity boo. Let's go. Okay. So. Uh, so Thalias casts uh, teleport. You ever teleport so good that you did it bad? You clearly learned from Tiablith and not Arginus. Yeah. So Thalias casts teleport to get to Tumbaha Mountain. And you reappear in a forested area. And towering uh, a towering tree rises far above the other treetops of Yoli's Pond Forest. And is marked with countless eyes resembling a peafowl's spots. Uh, and you, like, this tree is, like, just enormous. And you know that the Kumaru tree is a tree, but it's supposed to be inside some giant stepped pyramid. Uh, and this tree has given you kind of like a otherworldly, like, sinister vibe. And it's, like, almost like it's watching you. And Thalia says, all right, I'll, let, me, let me try again, let me try again. And uh, cast teleport again. And you reappear in another forested area. And this like misty veil kind of parts after a moment. Not really sure where you are. And then you see this uh, large lake lying before you. And you seem to be in some like town. And someone approaches you. They say, welcome to Hidden Lake. Many have tried. Many have tried to find our. Our quaint town uh, of alchemical secrets, but many fail. But here you are. What uh, what trials and tribulations must you have gone through to 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 find this hidden gem of Zopatl? And then Argina says, "Ah, move over. Let me try." And then teleport away from Hidden Lake. And then you finally arrive. What? <laughs> <laughs> You finally arrive at Tumbaha Mountain. Uh, 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 
I promise I'll keep that one in the backlogs. Like, I, I have familiarity with it. I, I can't get back to it. I'm just kidding. Is that an actual thing, or did you just kind of make that up for the for the lulls? No, I it it is not made up. In fact, the city of Hidden Lake is a curiosity, as one can only visit when they are not wishing to do so. Well, so I don't think we will be back, Arjunas. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like went through the Zopodal Gazetteer real quick to just see who's even worth going over some uh, false destinations and boy was it <laughs> come drink from our fountain of vitality <laughs> have all the riches and women that you want <laughs> our genius all right let's get out of here i'll just use my spell our fertility hey, ceremony about- is starting soon <laughs> you're on your way to if you're successful your reward is getting obliterated into nothingness so yeah <laughs> yeah all right well, it's been a long time coming. Who wants a new map? Oh, Ooh, I do. Time. First things first, each of these squares is 10 feet. Is that... F- no, I'm trying to do math in my head. Is a 10-foot square four times as big? Yeah, it's four or five-foot squares. So, our genus teleports you guys away from the, the magical perfect place, uh, and you arrive at Tumbaha Mountain, a large multi-tiered pyramid made from a dark blue stone veined with red streaks stands in the soft earth of this expansive clearing the pyramid sides sink deep into the ground suggesting a larger structure beneath flights of stairs rise along the four sides of the pyramid each rising to its top level to the west of the pyramid where you guys stand a few old stone posts rise a few feet from the dirt uh, which you are standing you're standing in between these posts uh, and based on like looking at these posts, it looks like maybe there used to be a ground level entrance like directly in front of you. Uh, like maybe like the stairs kind of wrapped around this entrance. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it got sealed up. Uh, it just looks like like there's like some cave in or like if you didn't know better, it seemed like there's like a like a mudslide or something and then the mud uh, solidified. And you're just looking at, instead of an open entrance, just it's just filled with this rock-hard mud. Mariana would have informed you that there is an entrance on the top of the pyramid as well. Uh, so, what do you guys do? And also, uh, give me perception checks. Uh, first things first is a 44 perception. Holy shit. Second thing second, a 15 <laughs> perception. <laughs> 28 through true. Okay. Uh, 14 for our genus. Alright, so what do you guys do? Should I use those, uh, that resist energy now and uh, we make our way in? How long does it last for? 10 minutes per uh, level. So. A long ass time, well, so yeah, you might as well. Yeah. About two well, I was going to say, do we think we're going to be able to get in there and, uh, it's just dragon fight? Or do we think it's going to be like a dungeon? Oh, it's definitely going to be a dungeon. So if we're going to have to rest before we get to the dragon, I would say wait on using it until we know the dragon's, like, we're going to fight it. As Matt put it, like, it, like if we're going to only be doing, like, two hours of fighting and then essentially we're going to book it out of there, right? It's We're probably going to face off against, what, three or four encounters before we have to be like, all right, we got to stop. 
how long do you think that's going to take? On top of that, I have uh, I have another two hours on top of that. So I could cast it four times now and then four times later. Do we know that? I was under the impression we were just showing up to this place to kill a dragon. You guys think there's more than a dragon in here? Well, I heard Alex say that the entrance seems to be at the top and we're going to have to work our way down through the pyramid. So sounds like Gallowspire to me. Uh, and is this... Is this? I thought it was like a scroll where it was like you get one use out of it. No, no. We bought this item and now it's basically on Arginus's spells known list. Yeah. As long as Arginus holds that item, he has resist energy as a spell known. He can just spam it as much as if he had, you know, fireball or something. I I guess you could use it now if you want. I mean, I don't think necessarily everything we encounter is going to do acid damage, so. All right, we could do something you. else. Yeah, you could. I, I just, I, when we first started, I thought it was a, like, you use it and you use up the item. Oh, so no. So I was like, why would no, we? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, actually, to that point, why don't we, uh, yeah, start working our way down, see what we come across, because there might be something else that'll be a more expeditious use of it in the meantime. I'm going to cast Fly on myself. That's a good idea. Um, while you're doing that, I'm going to implant some tricks. Okay. Utrid is going to get the Vision of Blood trick. Oh, have fun for you. <laughs> it certainly doesn't sound it. Oh, it's it's pretty awesome. So, like, when Utrid hits something, I can choose to trigger this. And the target of the attack must succeed on a will save or be stunned for one round. And if the attack is a crit, the target doesn't get a save. They're just stunned for one round. Wow. And that's just the first attack? Or whenever you trigger it, it's for one attack? Yep. It's Yeah, I, it's a free action for me to trigger a trick. Damn. So I can wait for you to get a crit and be like, boom, stun. And I'm going to give myself Astounding Avoidance, which is like a one-time use evasion. And I will give Thalias a... Greater Mask Misery, which allows him to ignore the cowering, nauseated, panic, or stunned condition for 1d4 rounds. Sweet. A quick interjection here, um, because your archetype gives you the ability to ignore uh, undead creatures' uh, inherent immunity to mind-affecting spells and, ab- and abilities. Oh, but they're still immune to stunning as like a separate thing, isn't? Aren't they? Yes. So while I imagine that vision of blood ability is a mind affecting effect, uh, yeah, they're still immune to stun, and the archetype does not bypass that. Okay. I mean, I'll still keep that on him in case there are non undead down there. It'll still come sure. in handy. Yeah. All right. Any other preparations? Velbar will just cast heightened awareness on himself. Is it because he's a gnome? You think you have to um, cast those kind of spells? Add some height. Um, no, it uh, gives me a plus two bonus on perception checks and all knowledge checks that I'm trained in. And I can choose to dismiss the spell at the beginning of a fight to get a plus four bonus on initiative. Oh, wow. It's a very solid spell. It is. Seems like as long as you know an enemy's coming, it's... <laughs> You got yeah. a ton of shit you could do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it lasts 10 minutes per level, so. Yeah, so it's just like cast it now and I'm good until something comes up. Uh, speaking of something coming up, you guys are finishing up your preparations 
and Valbar with a 44. Others would have eventually spotted this as well, but uh, you spot it when it is extremely far away. You spot this uh, creature along the southern end of the pyramid, uh, currently still at the southeastern end, uh, crusted with rock. This immense skeletal figure uh, flies through the air, strange gases clinging to its nightmarish form. Valbar and this creature will be part of the surprise round as it in turn spots you and Uhtred as it as it spots you in turn and uh, immediately uh, moves to apprehend you everyone roll initiative um, you know what I'm going to use that heightened awareness now to give myself plus four to this initiative it's a nice. first level spell I'll just cast it again <laughs> Uhtred 18 Valbar. 27. What? Arginus. 21. Thalias. Friggin' three. I'm trying to figure out how to cast fly. <laughs> this thing comes by. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. All right. So we are in the surprise round. Up first is Valbar. Anyone wants to give me a knowledge religion check? 28. 37. I'm looking for it. Oh, yeah, natural. Ah, uh, 34. Ooh. I do. 16. 28 and 16 are not going to be high enough to identify this creature, but Uhtred and... So, Uhtred and Thalias uh, identify this creature as a tsetse metal. Uh, enigmatic creatures of darkness. Some cultures claim tsetse metals attack and consume entire suns to shut down worlds in preparation for the end of days. Sages say that these creatures come from the cold, dark places between the stars, and that the darkness of any eclipse, one can see their immense world-darkening shadows. Well, I think we're all glad to see that. <laughs> I quickly relay that information to the group. Uh, hey guys, I think that's a tsetse meetsy meetsy, <laughs> and uh, it's come to destroy our world, so... Uh... Now, you would also know that this doesn't seem to be a full-powered tsetse meetle. A normal-looking tsetse meetle. Fucking scary-looking things. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Um, I thought this was like a bird thing. It's like a skeleton. Yeah, just gi this gigantic skeleton. Um, the creature you're looking at right now, the head looks similar, but the rest of the body almost looks like fetal. It's incomplete. Oh my god. Alright, that one's kind of adorable. <laughs> he does yeah, look, I mean, he does look a little cute. Um and yet It's the, the claws, <laughs> the hands really sell me that it's not cute though. Right. <laughs> and just bear in mind this thing is huge sized. That thing is huge sized? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. They're <laughs> enormous. <laughs> its head's gotta be I mean its head is half its body in that picture. So Thalias can ask one question about a tsetse meetle, an incomplete tsetse meetle, and Uhtred can ask two. Uh, I'm going to need to know its deadliest attack, because that thing looks like it could tear me apart, and I've already been torn apart. <clears throat> you know that it has a deeper darkness spell-like ability, which, uh, you know, is just like a more powerful darkness spell. It lowers the light level by two 
stages and it can lower it beneath darkness to being supernatural darkness where even having dark vision won't let you see it uh you know that any creature in the area of an of an incomplete cc meadle's deeper darkness spell-like ability when it's created takes 8d6 points of cold damage uh fortitude for half and a creature that takes damage from this effect becomes staggered for as long as it remains in the area of darkness and for 1d4 rounds after it leaves it's called it's called its eclipse ability i like that it's thematic to all the other shit you said you, you know where it comes in and all that world ending garbage yeah which is the darkness between the stars yeah it's like hey guys lights out i'm here <laughs> yep we should uh how about some dr you know it has dr 15 that can only be bypassed by bludgeoning weapons that are good aligned Boo. Yep. Is this thing alive or dead? It is undead. Okay. And, um, got one left? Yeah. Let's go with an energy defenses. <laughs> sure. So you want to know what energies uh, it has and not whether or not it's immune or just resist? Yeah. Alright. You know that it's energy uh, defenses... Include cold, electricity, and fire. Alright. So if you're going to use any energy, use acid. Yep. If only we had an acid boy. Alright, so. uh, Surprise round. Valbar, you're up. This thing is currently 250 feet away from you. Well, Valbar is going to uh, use a provisional invisibility. And then he will... Oh, surprise round. I can't move, so... Yeah, he just cast invisibility on himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. All right. And then it's Uhtred for the surprise round. I think Uhtred will standard action activate his ring of invisibility. All right. And then swift action, he's going to use an arcana point to give the bonus to his attacks. All right. You're just upping the enhancement bonus? Yes, for right now. All right. And it is now the Tsitsi Meadle's turn. It's going to cast a spell-like ability, and Uhtred automatically identifies it as the haste spell, and it just starts to, and uh, this thing is about 50 feet off the ground, just FYI, as it's uh, floating through the air. Uh, it just kind of like starts to like shake and vibrate, like it's like, almost like it's like winding up to uh, like sprint at you full speed, cast haste on itself, and it's going to move five feet closer to you. That will end the surprise round. Up next is Valbar for the combat proper. Okay. I don't really have anything to do until it gets a little closer. Yeah, Valbar's just gonna step maybe ten feet away from the group, just to scatter a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he will ready in action to attack if it gets within range. Alright. Next up is Arginus. Arginus will cast haste. And Oh nice. I had your back if you weren't gonna cast that. <laughs> I also had your back if you weren't gonna cast it. <laughs> uh I cast haste and I zip out <laughs> of uh the big range of this dude. What? Uh, the, uh, I'm trying to avoid the darkness, so I'm trying not to get involved in that. Well, use numbers. 
How many feet? If only you could just say, and then I avoid the danger, and it works. <laughs> I'm running 60 feet. All right. Uh, and I'll go north. Up next is Utrid. So, yeah, I'm going to fly 65 feet kind of towards the temple. Yeah. And up 10 feet. All right. You're now, like, halfway up the stairs. Yeah, about. And I'm going to cast, with my standard action, uh, Chill Touch. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do a swift action. I'm going to use another Arcana Point, And I'm going to add Bane to Valo. And what was this creature? It was uh, outside? It's undead. Undead? Just undead? All right, Bane yeah. undead. So you're, rem- you're removing one from the enhancement bonus in exchange for Bane? No, I think the Bane enhancement stacks because it's Bane, right? Actually, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought this was part of the standard uh, Magus uh, Arcana ability. Um, yeah, it sounds like the Bane ability is just added on. Um, now, just going forward, this is something that you have to choose to do when you spend the Arcana point to enhance your sword in the first place. Um, so oh, it's like, okay. I it's like saying, yeah, it's like a commitment you have to I make didn't, when you use the. Ability. Honestly, that's better because it's not requiring two swift actions. I just thought that was kind of the cost of it. Like, yeah, no, it's it's a you have to commit to the second point when you do it. Otherwise, you would have to like if you changed your mind and you're like, no, I think I do want to do it. You then have to then spend two, two Arcana more. points. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, but we can just move forward, uh, assuming you did that on round one. Uh, then in that case, yeah, I'm going to fly over 65 feet while going ascending 10 feet. And um, then I will cast the Chill Touch on myself, and that'll be my turn. All right. It's now that Tsitsi Meadle's turn. Which direction is he, uh, he coming from? He's he's over here at the end of my arrow. Oh, I can't even see so far away. Gotcha. I'm going to try and use Elias' bait. <laughs> <laughs> Since he's the only one visible. I'm just... Something tells me the invisibility isn't mattering to us here. Probably not, but... Man, Valbar didn't have to get such a high perception check. (laughs) (laughs) Starting out combat over 200 feet away from the enemy sucks. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Especially when we don't have to be the uh, aggressor. Just sit back and let this thing come to us. Yeah. I also like that I had such a high knowledge check. Just, uh see this thing 250 feet away oh i know i know that thing <laughs> yeah it's nice when you know things <laughs> it is nice when you know things all right you know what um so it it had cast haste on itself and then uh it just like starts like shaking and vibrating like it's like it's like you can almost picture like a like a like cartoon race car just kind of like doing that like back up like i'm about to fucking go out the gate like bat out of hell uh, kind of uh, wind up and then all of a sudden it just vanishes and reappears directly uh, adjacent to Thalias and Valbar. Well, fuck. <laughs> and it's Thalias' turn. Eep. Oh, perfect. Well, um... Smash and dash. Uh, I had a ready to action to attack this thing, actually. That's true. Oh. Go ahead. 
three natural 20s. Okay, quick work. <laughs> uh, this thing so is nice. flying, right? Uh, yes. When it finishes teleport, it was only five feet above the ground. Uh, actually, hold on. This thing's got some reach. It would be smart enough to utilize that. So it's actually uh, 20 feet off the ground. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I have a whip. But it's a whip is a fifteen foot reach. Oh man! Jump. <laughs> well, hold on, because you are already five feet off the ground. Oh, but, uh, I mean, you're a gnome, but <laughs> yeah, I think as a medium creature, if you had a fifteen foot reach, you could reach something that was twenty feet off the ground. Because, like, I'll just tell you, this thing has a fifteen foot reach. So it can be 20 feet off the ground and swipe at something that is standing on the ground because that is occupying a five-foot cube that goes five feet up. Oh, so I'm out of its reach, too, is what you're telling me. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I, that's what I'm hearing. If I can't reach it, it can't reach me. If we have, I, we have equitable reach. I'd be, willing, I'd be willing to budge and say, fuck it, you can reach it, too, but if... Depending on, like, if if you want it to be that ruling, then I'm fine with it. But I can hit it. Elias is gonna need the help. Yeah, like you're the arbiter <laughs> of the rules here. If, if you say I can reach it, then I'll I'll take a shot at it. <clears throat> yeah, I think since you're, even though you're small sized, as far as Pathfinder's concerned, you're basically a five foot cube. So okay. I'd say it could reach you, and you could reach it with your whip. All right. And you said it's undead, right? Yes. Okay. Does a 33 hit? Yes. So that is uh, 8 slashing damage and 7 bane damage. Okay. Yes. Um, Now, the thing about whips, uh, a whip deals no damage to any creature with an armor bonus of plus 1 or higher or a natural armor bonus of plus 3 or higher. Uh, There's feats you can take to circumvent that um yeah i did not take those feats i've put my feats elsewhere yeah um i'd say as long as you're baning the whip against the target i'd be okay with waving that for that specific creature okay i mean it is just an undead bane whip all right well as long as you're uh attacking something that's undead uh the armor bonus or natural armor bonus isn't important uh, yeah, I forget what the feat is. It's like Whipmaster or something. It's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah. All right, so run that damage by me again. Uh, it was eight slashing damage and seven bane damage. And with bane on, this is functionally a plus five weapon. Unfortunately, that damage has to also be bludgeoning in order oh, to bypass okay. the DR. But with uh, that extra bane damage, you do get some to go by, get to get through. Yay. It's because I haven't had time to actually stare it yet because it's his but, initiative. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Because you said 15 total. Yeah, so it yeah. just gets completely negated. Yeah, wow. All right, up next is Thalias. All right, finally me. I was going to go at this thing, but then it appearing right next to me saves me a trip. I'm going to fly up to it and full attack. All right. Uh, 28 to hit? 28 will not hit. Okay, that's fine. Because 40 to hit. 40 will hit. 
Okay, that'll be uh Oh 28 damage. Okay. And big boy acid, six. Okay. Alright, what else you got? Uh I have another attack. Yeah. Which is uh 30. 30 does not hit. Okay. Fair, fair, fair enough. And that's it for me. Alright. Up next is Valbar, who is now visible. Oh, yep, because it was just regular invisibility. Valbar is going to uh, lay down his hypnotic stare on this guy. All right. And yeah, and then as a move action, he's going to faint it. Okay. Give me a bluff check. That's a 48. I mean, that probably succeeds. I'm just looking up what the DC is. 10 plus opponent's base attack bonus plus opponent's wisdom modifier. But if they're training sense motive, DC is instead 10 plus opponent's sense motive bonus, if higher. So let's see. Alright. Well, that actually wound up making a really high DC, but 48 still going to crush it. Alright. So now it is flat-footed against me. Okay. You did that as a move action? Yep. And I'll take a standard action to uh, get another whip shot on there. All right. God damn it, that's a natural one. Ooh. Oh. All right, that is a 36 to confirm against its flat-footed AC. All right, yeah, that will not confirm. All right. Okay, up next is our genus. Oh, sorry, Tom, real quick. Just so everyone is aware, with the hypnotic stare on it, this creature has a minus three penalty to will saves, attacks, damage, spell DCs, spell resistance, and reflex saves. That's so tasty. Okay. That's awesome. You're going to have to, like, feel free to liberally remind me of those debuffs, yeah. Matt. <laughs> Our genius is going to uh, ball lightning. All right. Uh, you know it has... Uh, energy resist against everything except acid. You don't know if it's like uh, resistant or immune, but you do know it has some energy related defense to lightning. Yep. Would you like to change your action or commit to the ball lightning? Yep, fuck it. Let's uh, let's try disintegrate. Alright. Give me a range touch attack. 31. Wow. 31 will beat its touch AC. Uh, now I need a caster level check versus spell resistance. Caster level check. Uh, spell resistance is minus three. Yep. Thank you. 32. All right, 32 will pass. Now I need to give you a fortitude save. Fortitude save is like the one thing my, my thing doesn't affect. <laughs> my natural one. <laughs> That's going to be a 24 fortitude save. Oh, that's going to be close. 23. Oh, man. Uh, Get it together, Tom. <laughs> Look for bonuses. <laughs> Take a gross moldy 5d6. Or deal a gross moldy 5d6. I don't care. You suck either way. 15. All right. He takes it. And then it's Uchard's turn. Um, I think Uchard's just going to fly charge over. And take a swing at the sky. Alright, that movement will provoke before you can close the distance. Will it now? Yep. Alright, I'll use an arcana point to boost my AC. Alright. He's gonna try to hit you with a bite attack before you can 
close in. 39 to hit. Minus three from the stair. It's going to miss regardless. Yeah, and I I should have added one for haste, so that's actually 37. Isn't he invisible? Did I miss something? Invisible, but... Uh, yep, it didn't seem to matter. Okay, attack time. Yep, go ahead and give, a, give me an attack. It's a 38 on a crit threat. Oh, wow, critical threat from Uhtred. How exciting. 43 to confirm. That confirms. It actually is exciting. It's been a while since we've had a combat. Yeah. Uh, well, the crit card. Uh, the slashing crit is called Cut Straps. Double damage and double armor check penalty until fixed. I don't think this thing's wearing armor. And you got Chill Touch going, right? <laughs> this is called Electrocuted. Double damage. If it's an electricity spell, he's stunned for 1d4 rounds. So, just double damage. Uh, I'm gonna add... I'm gonna add Decapitate onto this. Alright. Give me a cash level check versus spell resistance. Spell resistance is minus three. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. We'll do it. Okay. Now I need a fortitude save for that. Right? Uh-huh. Although it's undead, so I think the only thing that can affect yeah, it is it's the true. damage. But do I f- sure, make a fortitude save against that, or does that just automatically happen? Fortitude save is only for the multiplier, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, so yeah, we'll add 4d6 to that damage. And what does Uhtred have as far as spells? Uh, he had uh, Chill Touch. Okay, so I need to give you a will save for that. Um, all right, will save uh, has a 27 sound. So I got a minus 3 on it? Does it have a minus 3 on it? Yes, it does. All right, so uh, 24. Passes. Yeah. Um... Bane is 2d6. Yes. And that's not doubled on a crit. Correct. And you said it was double damage. Yeah, that's it. Yep, just double damage. All the other effects had no bearing. Okay. So that's going to be 19 plus 9, 28 slashing damage. Okay. What did our genius get for decapitate? Uh, 16. Oh, and uh, all of Uhtred's damage, because he crit and undead, uh, bypass any DR, and also because Uhtred crit, he's going to use his ability where he can recover one arcana point per day on a crit. Alright, and I'm going to go ahead and top that off with a painful stare for ten more damage. Alright. Alright. CC Meadle's turn. Going to five foot step. Five foot float north. Oh, our genus with the positioning. All right, he's going to. Uh, well, with that in mind, he's going to five foot step, five foot float north west, so he can cast the spell like ability without needing to do so defensively. Richard, you automatically identify this as Whale of the Banshee. This is a ninth level spell. Is this an AOE or a targeted spell? Target one living creature per level within a 40-foot radius spread. Are you targeting Uhtred? Targeting Uhtred and Valbar and Thalias. And Thalias? And Thalias. You have to, but to cast it, it's targeted at one at one person, right? One living creature per level. Oh, I see, I see. Next you question. Cast- is it a necromancy spell? Yes, it is. So I'll need to make spell resistance checks. 
When you cast this spell, you emit a terrible, soul-chilling scream that possibly kills creatures that hear it. This spell affects up to one creature per caster level, inflicting 10 points of damage per caster level. Now, since this targets me, I think I can use my other arcana to spend arcana points to send this back at it. I mean, yeah, you can go ahead and do that, but it's it's immune to this spell like four different ways. Okay, well in that case, I am going to still do that, because if I if I use a number of arcana points that's less than the spell level, they're instead given to me as a bonus on any save associated with the spell. What's the name of this arcana? Reflection. Okay, so it's kind of tricky wording, but I don't think this applies because you have a a couple different qualifiers that it needs to meet both of them Uh, the abjuration turns only spells that have you as a target which this is having you as a target and then it says effect and area spells are not affected Uh, well the banshee is hmm it's weird because it's you know I think maybe it's it does apply because it's within a 40-foot radius spread, but when it says effect or area, that's usually like if you if you looked at like the fireball spell description, mm-hmm. one of the, the top qualifiers, like it's like school, casting time, components, range, uh, this says target one living creature per level, blah, blah, blah. A fireball would say effect 20-foot radius spread uh, fireball or whatever. Uh, so... It, it, so yeah, I think it is meeting both of those qualifiers. Okay, so I've got to make three caster level checks versus spell resistance. And Uhtred, you can spend like a certain amount of arcana points. I spent four. Okay. All right, and this is will save? Uh, it is a fortitude save, but first I've got to do a caster level check versus spell resistance. And I'm going to do that next week. On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh my god. See ya! See ya! Uh, see ya! See ya. Let's go back to Yoli's Pond. I thought you didn't like Yoli's Pond. I like it better than this. <laughs>